Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome everyone. It's Christmas time-ish in the midst of a pandemic and to, ce- <laughs> and to celebrate we're doing a bunch of special Christmas episodes of Mentally Yours. We have the tree up even though you can't see it and oh, doing all the Christmas. I actually don't have tinsel because apparently that's tacky these days, although <laughs> I disagree. Um, but yes, we've got all the decorations up and we're ready to go. Uh, I'm Ellen and this is Yvette. Hello. And today we're chatting to the wonderful Samantha Baines. She's a comedian, author, and she's also an ambassador for RNID. We're going to be chatting to her about all things comedy, all things Christmassy, which is lovely, and also her wonderful time working with... Shanning Tatum himself, very excited to hear all about that. Christmas is my happy time of year. This year I've been extra excited because it's like an excuse to put up all the decorations early because everyone's like, yeah, just do it. It's been awful uh, this year. So I, I put my decorations up in November um, and yes, I'm. I love all things Christmassy and crafty and trees. Yeah, it. normally I wouldn't be up for people putting up decorations in November at all. You know, like with people with their lights out too early, I'd be going, no, can't do that yet because it's my birthday at the end of November. So I'm like, no, we can't have Christmas until it's my birthday. But sure. this year, I'm just like, oh, as soon as yeah. possible, just all the lights, like get it all up, get all the trees up because it's just such a relief, isn't it, to have something to look forward to that's so lovely. I just think the rules of time are out of the window as well. Just anything goes now. It's a mess. It's chaos. Let's do Christmas. 
Yeah, it's perpetually Christmas now until we get out of this pandemic scenario, I feel. So I'm mm. like keeping my tree up until I get a vaccine. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. That sounds like that's a good a, idea. That's <laughs> like a really that. good rule. Yeah, I like Twinkly that. Twinkly lights <clears throat> and baubles help with lockdown. Yeah, I'm like, that's such a good idea. Maybe I'll just keep all my decorations up until, yeah, until like March. I think also if we do that, let's continue advent calendars. Yes. And just continue that for every month. Because, I, yeah, it's been a real highlight so far coming home and actually having like a tiny bit of chocolate. Like that's been brilliant. I was literally thinking that yesterday. I was like, I should have stocked up advent calendars last Christmas and then just been opening or just buying myself a tiny gift every day during this whole year. Like one of the things that people keep saying when we've been doing this show is that experts like create a routine. I think that that counts as routine, just having a daily chocolate break and knowing that it's coming every day. That's adding some structure to your life. A hundred percent. I think in a year when we've lost all routine, like even putting on a pair of fresh pants isn't a daily routine anymore. So you're like, I should probably do it every two days. Sometimes I'll even wear a bra. Like it's not, it's not normal, but a tiny bit of chocolate is, is have any, have any of you worn a bra this year since coronavirus yeah, it's a time. personal question Have that's you? something i don't get about people not wearing bras yeah I just, i've I gone don't... to like non-wired like i'm doing a bralette no i don't have non-wired it's all non it's all wired all the way and all the time because uh, <laughs> i'm gonna get really detailed for one thing <laughs> i can't go for a run <laughs> or really a walk without a bra so you know there's, i'm always wearing on for that but then just generally in work I'd feel a bit weird working at my desk sort of on a shift for a serious publication, not in a bra, I think. Although I do do that things sometimes where like I've had a really long shift and I'm really tired and then I go, oh, I take my bra off. You know, that's nice. I think I do it because I'm a bit of a masochist. So I like, so I have that ability to then take it off. You know how like when in the old days when we went out dancing and stuff, um, I had, I personally had that thing where I loved going out in really high heels and then at the end of the night, you come in and you take them off and you're just like, oh, I feel so much better. So I think I have the same thing, but with probably my underwired bras during lockdown. I think that's so weird that you need your nipples covered to have to be a serious working person. It's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly have my top material touching my nipples. It would be too much. I am... Um, I went through a phase in the first lockdown when it all started. Um, I went through a real naked phase, um, which I've never really had. Like I live alone, but I've never really been fully naked. And it was like hot. And so I was just naked all the time. It seemed easier. It's like wipe down, you know, all of that stuff. And then the second lockdown, I've sort of got back into bras because I have quite big boobs. And yeah, the it's the first time this year I went for a walk without a bra on and it was a very disconcerting experience. I was like, oh, I'm feeling all sorts of stroking that I've never felt before. So I've come back to bras, sort of had a brief rebellion, but now I'm back. Mm. I've gone the other way with the naked thing. I went from sort of being like before, you know, in the old days, before the pandemic, before all this sort of stuff, I'd quite happily walk around naked. But I think, again, just because of all the anxiety around it all and I was just feeling all very serious, like I <laughs> maybe wanted to just be covered up as much as possible. So, I've, yeah, I've gone the other way, really. Got a bit more conservative. 
strange. That's funny because I have anxiety and um, I think I've, I've gone like, I've got to worry about so many things that I just don't want to worry about clothes. <laughs> so I'm just not going to wear any. I don't know if this is the same for you, Samantha, but um, with my anxiety, I feel like because I'm so used to worrying about small stuff, big stuff just kind of like, just kind of skims over. Is that the same for you or am I being just completely mad? No, I have a constant list of worries that goes from like world peace Mm -hmm. to like, oh my God, I've bought these, this is a genuine worry. I bought these new sticky things that look amazing. You stick them to the side of your desk and they hold the the wires in the right place for like your laptop and all of those things. So it's like an organizational thing. And I bought them and I stuck one to my desk and I have anxiety that I've stuck it to the wrong place. And now if I put it off, it's going to leave sticky thing to the desk. Like that's, I, I just worry on all levels. So, um, the the big stuff and the small, I'm afraid it's, it's all in my remit. Yeah. So that's the thing. Cause I think a lot of people, when the pandemic started, they were like, now you guys know what it feels like to be anxious because everyone was suddenly like the world is very scary and things are very stressful but I don't know because I feel like part of me is like yeah I don't worry as much about the big stuff now because it's all the same level of anxiety and then the flip side is like you're saying where it's just like no it just all piles on Mm. people do feel I think a lot of people yeah they feel like they kind of got a taste of it and then in terms of depression as well um and, and the anxiety side of things because with my bipolar disorder I've never thought I have well I don't have anxiety I don't have meds for that I don't have a, a diagnosis of that but I definitely got very anxious and, and obviously there's a difference between having anxiety and feeling anxious but I got extremely anxious to the point where I was I guess I was more sympathetic of people living with anxiety because it was just a really huge Oh, I wouldn't go out the house because I was so anxious mm. about it. But it was, um, and also with the depression side of things, I think people kind of sort of got a taste of that feeling of, of sort of that weight and sort of not really having hope and all that sort of stuff. But obviously not really the same as depression itself where you're totally in it, you can't get out of bed and, and all that sort of stuff. Although there's, you know, degrees for everyone, aren't there? So. Yeah, I upped my anxiety medication during the first lockdown because I was like, whoa, this is a lot to deal with and I'm getting divorced and all this fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I think having anxiety, it's weird, having anxiety and being a comedian sort of go hand in hand, but also at the same time people don't expect it because they're like, but you stand on stage in front of loads of people and talk and that's really brave. And, and I'm like, well, not really, because it's me trying to get attention and then attention makes me feel better and less anxious. So, but I still, you know, with my anxiety in a normal year, I would, you know, have moments where I feel a bit scared leaving the house and I just want to stay in my little cocoon. And, and obviously this year, uh, that has been more relevant um, uh, for the kind of wider world and so I think a lot of people can now relate to that feeling of anxiety whereas I'm just like oh yeah I'm used to this (laughs) I know how this feels let's go strap in um so yeah it's, it's been an interesting one I think also you know I have a hearing aid and I'm part of the deaf community and I you know I I do rely on lip reading and 
people wearing masks has been a whole nother level for my anxiety because sometimes when you're having a really anxious day and yeah it's not every day sometimes I feel like a normal person whatever normal is um but sometimes I don't want to interact with anyone like even someone in the corner shop and then that doubled with someone's wearing a mask so I can't lip read so I might not understand what they're saying um and then they think I'm rude because I might be ignoring them but I just can't hear them or whatever is like a whole nother level to my anxiety so that's been a really weird interesting process and I'm ambassador for RNID um, and they've been doing a campaign about raising awareness of kind of the deaf community and uh, face masks and the fact that it's okay to lower your face mask for someone Mm -hmm. if they can't understand you it's just about being that safe distance away or behind a a glass screen Um, and actually in my local shop now they've got the glass screens up so they don't have to wear the masks when they're behind them. And it's just made such a difference. Um, it's just that like little extra thing that obviously you want people to wear masks cause it's protecting people's lives. But then, you know, there's a whole part of the population that they're really struggling to communicate because of it. And it's one in six people in the UK that have some form of hearing loss. So I think it's a bigger um, thing than sometimes people give it credit for. So 100% when you just said one in six I was surprised like I really didn't think it was that significant amount of uh, the population but that's hugely important as you say and and also it takes um, approximately 10 years they say for you to notice the signs of hearing loss and actually do something about it so that one in six includes a lot of people who think that their hearing is fine or has just never got to got it checked you know I only got hearing aids when I was 30 which is like three three and a half years ago now um but I think I'd had hearing problems for a long time before that and I had two types of tinnitus one type from when I was really young like 12 so I think it's hard with hearing loss as well because it's hard to notice the signs because it's so easy to excuse it of like oh that character was really mumbling in that tv show that's why I had to turn it up really loud or you know that person on the phone I just couldn't understand them because they had a thick Scottish accent or you know whatever it is and actually you know a lot of that could be down to some form of hearing loss so if you think you might have it definitely get checked out it's very easy you can even do it in boots now there's lots of hearing centres as well. Has there been issues as well um, for people in terms of just staying, staying in touch and kind of community, communicating? Because I think everyone's been assuming, oh, well, you know, we have to stay in our own homes, we have to stay separate, but we can just sort of pick up the phone or we can do Zoom calls. But um, is it harder um, for people um, if you've got hearing issues? Well, I've, it's different people have sort of different reactions to it my a friend of mine Anna Morris who's a comedian she's deaf in one ear so I have hearing loss in both ears but it's worse on one side but she's completely deaf in one ear and so for her she said that zoom is much better for her or you know those sort of facetimes because the person is facing her and you can lip read clearly and it and it is true you know if you're in a social environment like a restaurant or something really loud where I'd rely on lip reading quite a lot um, people you know if you're in a group people are turning different directions putting their hands over their mouth they might be eating at the same time so it does really um, affect your ability to lip read so in some ways zoom is more straightforward but then also there's 
a lot of people want to call you now. Whereas I feel like even though we had meetings in person before and then we did emails, I feel like everyone just wants to get on the phone now because everyone's working from home and they're like, I'm bored, let's have a chat. Like this will change up my day. And phone calls can be difficult for me, particularly if I don't know the person so I don't know, you know, their voice well. Um, and, and also if someone's in a, like if someone's walking a, along a street while they call me, then that, that means I can really struggle. And it's just, it creates a bit of anxiety. Like every time someone calls you or, or you have to have, I've had to have like a mortgage call with it with, cause I'm, you know, the whole part of the divorce fun times is, um, uh, I, the house is mine now. Hurrah. But I had to have this really, so it's like a really important call with like the bank man and you're like, got all your forms in front of you and you're like, God, I can't get this wrong. Cause it's like official. Um, and it's on the phone. So I'm like, it takes so much energy to just, you know, really focus in on listening. And, and I think one of the most interesting things when I got a hearing aid was it, it felt when I first put it on, it felt like getting into a hot bath, which sounds really weird, but it was because it was, it's overwhelming to begin with because you could suddenly hear more, more sounds and you're like, whoa, the world is loud. But once you get used to it, it's so relaxing because I didn't realize how hard I was struggling to hear and how much of my energy was going on trying to hear people until I had this aid that, you know, took a bit of the pressure off. So yeah it's a weird one particularly right now and um with my anxiety but there is a really strong kind of deaf community and there are brilliant charities out there like RNID which is why I work with them um that are providing lots of support which I think is really important mm. you if more banks sorry, sorry I was just thinking that <laughs> you if more banks did things like zoom calls though wouldn't it in general if that's what you wanted you know not everyone would necessarily want that but um to have that as an option might be good um, well, a, a lot of them do, but it's, it's sort of, it's not the standard. So you have to like go to some back door, you know, it's like an escape room to try and find the link to get a Zoom call or whatever with the bank. Um, so a lot of them do do it, but it's not like easy to access. Um, and then, and I feel sometimes there is a bit of a stigma if someone's you know, you're talking to the bank and then you're like, oh, I've got a hearing aid, so can I do a Zoom call? And then they might get a bit scared and then, you know, your call is pushed back because they have to organise someone who will be able to talk to you on the Zoom call, even though it could be anyone. But, you know, there's a whole kind of, I think people sometimes can sort of put you off because suddenly that becomes scary. It's just like, no, I just need to see your face while you say stuff. <laughs> um, that's literally all it is. Um, but yeah, it'd be amazing if it was kind of more accessible and promoted a bit more. I was going to do a complete subject change because you mentioned um, your divorce. Is this going to be your first divorce Christmas? No. So, I, God, this podcast just sounds like a long list of things <laughs> that are going wrong with my life. But I'm That's okay fine. apart from that. <laughs> I do enjoy myself sometimes. Um, no, yeah, I am. I am getting divorced and I've been separated for about two and a half years but the divorce process takes so long um 
I, I've actually started a podcast called The Divorce Club, mainly just so I can talk to other divorced people um, in a very selfish way to be like, how is it for you? Are you having a terrible time? Have you had sex with everyone? Yeah, me too. Um, that was obviously before lockdown. But um, it won't be my first Christmas uh, divorced. My first Christmas divorced was, well, separated from my husband, was I just got a new job um, performing in Magic Mike Live in the West End, directed by Channing Tatum and surrounded by 14 semi-naked professional dancers. So that was my first divorced Christmas, was performing. I think we performed every day apart from Christmas Day in the West End. Um, so it was quite a different uh, first Christmas as a single lady. Perfect <laughs> first Christmas as a single lady, I have to say. That is like my dream first Christmas in any situation, but I think you really, that's amazing. Yeah, it was like a lot of people were like, you're living your best life. But weirdly, when you're, when you're divorced from, I know I was divorcing a man, I didn't want really to hang out with many men at that time. I just kind of wanted to chill. But um, performing every night was amazing. Obviously, working with Channing Tatum was quite cool. Um, he's all right, you know. Um, no, he's a really nice guy. And so that was quite fun. And all the guys in the show were lovely. But I think the most fun bit was we had a predominantly kind of female audience Um heterosexual and gay and bi and you know it wasn't just a straight women looking at men it was just like a very uh, female heavy audience and it, it was just lovely to perform to rooms like that I've never really you know got a chance to do that as a comedian obviously you have quite mixed audiences but there was just an energy about that show which was incredible so yeah it was quite a fun <laughs> fun Christmas I'm imagining this Christmas might be a bit different because <laughs> because pandemic um, and also just fewer strippers, which is a shame. What are your plans for this Christmas? Well, I mean, strippers and professional male dancers are still out there and I'm sure they're available on many streaming platforms. Um, but yeah, I won't be touching any of them or be lifted in the air by any of them, alas, this Christmas. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to have quite a quiet one with my social bubble of my mum and my sister. Um, and I think with the uh, anxiety-filled extreme year we've had that feels quite apt like mm. I don't really I sort of miss going out and dancing like we mentioned earlier but but actually I don't really feel like doing that right now I feel like stuffing my face with even more food and sitting in a really warm living room and you know watching those Christmas specials and I want to I feel like all the traditional things that make you feel like Christmas like I'm really gonna dig into those this year there's like a real comfort in that um because I remember one year um bit of a funny Christmas story but one year my dad got um he bought so my dad's passed away now but when he was alive he bought a karaoke like box speaker set so it's like a full you know you see uh, musicians busking 
in London and they have like a, a full speaker that my dad bought. It's like, where did you get this? Is like extreme karaoke. Like you could set up a business where you do this in pubs with this equipment, like really extreme. So you've got this like karaoke set with like three microphones and me, my, I was with my husband at the time, my sister and my mum and my dad just screamed karaoke. I mean, the neighbours, we screamed karaoke for about like five hours, like all the rock classics, like 80s power ballads. We'd just eaten Christmas dinner. So we were like, instead of that moment where you normally just sit there and veg out on TV, we were like partying and none of us could speak the next day. (laughs) Like that, it was, it was uh, the Christmas you wouldn't normally expect, but um, it was, it was so fun. It was like, you know, normally there's family arguments and stuff, but I would advise you to get karaoke because I don't think we had any arguments that year. It was, Absolutely. we let out all of our frustration through song. What's your go-to karaoke song? What's your sort of like the key one that you always go to? Do you have a set one? Of course. I love rock and roll by Britney Spears. Brilliant. Good choice. <laughs> I, my, my friend made me sing it at her wedding in North Cyprus and um, in, in Cyprus there is uh, very cheap alcohol don't know if you've ever been there before so I'd drunk quite a lot of spirits and by the time it was like midnight or something and the DJ was on and then she was suddenly like oh my god can you sing a song and I'm not a singer right like I'm a comedian actor all of that I don't like singing is not on my CV like I do a bit of it for fun but I'm not like musical theatre or anything like that um so it was so random and I was just like yeah and then I properly went for it like someone videoed it and I don't want anyone to ever see that video and I myself haven't been able to watch it back because I really was share at the O2 um even though I, I was singing I was covering Britney Spears doing I Love Rock and Roll which is also a cover but but I was yeah in my wedding <laughs> my wedding outfit I was really going for it too many, too many cringy karaoke stories with me. I love karaoke. Absolutely love it. It's uh, always cheers me up. I don't, I think it would probably also cheer me up if I just went on my own to one of those booths and did it on my own, you know? Um, yeah. Me and, and one that, of my friends used to do that. Just me and her, just go to the booth. Just have a nice yeah, time. Have a hard day. Go and, go and sing really loudly. The one that I always do is Blondie one way or another or another. Just, nice. just for the challenge, because there's a bit right at the end where it's ridiculously fast and the words don't really make any sense at all. But um, I just like the challenge of it. But um, yeah. Ellen, how do you feel about karaoke? I have a feeling it's not really your, your favourite Yeah, thing. for me, that is like <laughs> one of my biggest fears. <laughs> I would never, ever, like it fills me with dread. Like I'm really envious of anyone who can like get up there and like genuinely enjoy it. But for me, I would just hate, I'm not good at, doing things that I'm not good at like you're making the mistake of thinking that you have to be a good singer to do karaoke and I really don't think you do I think that's the thing though like I would want to be like for me if I was going to do karaoke you know when you have that moment in like a tv show it's like oh my god the quiet girl is actually a beautiful singer I feel like if that didn't happen I would be devastated so I just can't ever do karaoke because I know on a level that I'm not a good singer and that would not happen and I would not get a, like a record contract 
but that is I need to keep that dream alive <laughs> otherwise what am I doing with my life no but that's the, the worst thing about karaoke like we all have an X Factor friend who comes to karaoke and thinks they're auditioning for the X Factor and really goes for it and everyone hates them and no one says anything but everyone's like take that microphone off them right now that is not what we're doing here so that that is the key you need to not be good at karaoke that is what it's all about it's about the freedom of being shut in a dark room and screaming horrifically yeah and I'd say both of you both of you are imagining me as a much more free less neurotic person i'm <laughs> mentally ill <laughs> like i'm this is not good i cannot fathom oh i can do karaoke and just have fun no <laughs> it's anxiety failure all the combination of bad things for me so no not a karaoke fan do you know what might be better for you then than karaoke because i think it has a similar feeling mm-hmm. is buying old crockery from a charity shop like 20p crockery and smashing it with a hammer (laughs) that's also good yeah i think that has a similar release to me my go-to is internalizing all rage and negative emotions which i think sounds very healthy and like Mm. like a smart idea so i don't need plates or karaoke (laughs) i'm fine i'm doing great Do you have a favourite Christmas cracker joke for us, please? Well, (laughs) I was looking through Christmas cracker jokes and I found this really hard because I don't know if you know this about me. Little, it's not a secret. I say it quite often. I was the UK Pun Championship finalist 2017 and 18. And I was the first woman ever in the UK Pun Finals. So I have a real love for a pun although I'm very bad at delivering puns this is what we've learned now because I love how awful they are and so the only reaction I ever get is a groan but I love that but some people do it and get laughs and I definitely appreciate the craft in that but um I love a good pun and I was looking through cracker jokes and there were so many that I loved and then I just decided to write my own so is that allowed that's very much allowed even better yeah so Can't I feel like it's, it. it's related to my life because I'm getting divorced and I have a podcast called The Divorce Club. So it is, what happened when Santa got divorced? I don't know what happened when Santa got divorced. He went on a journey of elf discovery. <laughs> <laughs> and what I like about that mm. is... It's I, like self, it. oh, I love explaining a pun also. It's self-discovery, but also elf-discovery suggests something quite sexual with elves for Santa, which <laughs> I quite enjoy. <laughs> like he went on a sexual exploration of lots of different elves. I'm so glad you explained that because that didn't cross my mind. I, just, I was seeing it on the very surface level of just the, the pun and thinking, oh yeah, he's surrounded by elves, that's cute. But I love how you've taken it to another level there. Um, yeah. Think yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's also, always I agree. layers in my jokes, any, always layers. <laughs> any joke that needs to be explained is for me the is perfect joke. <laughs> I love a joke that needs further explanation. Oh, exactly. Well, there you go. Well, 
Welcome back, Dr. Rada, on Christmas Day. I'm really yes. excited. My favourite day of the year. I'm an absolute Christmas sort of fiend. I think I sort of rival Mariah Carey in the whole Christmas Day <laughs> excitement. I, if I could, have, you know, I'd have my whole house like hers if I could afford it. It's, yeah, Christmas Yvette, Day. Yvette, amazing. please sing. Come on, you've got to sing now. You said that. Come on, come on. Oh, well, not all I have for Christmas, but... Um, <laughs> We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We nice. wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. There we Mariah, go. <laughs> Mariah, watch out. Yvette is coming. She's coming oh. for you. <laughs> so um, what's your wonderful Christmas tip for us today um, in terms of looking after ourselves and our mental health? Yeah, so Christmas Day is a, a sort of joyful day for some people. Some For some people it's not, and that's okay. You know, I think sometimes we all, I mean, in normal years, we all feel the pressure, don't we, of all the adverts with all the perfect turkeys and the perfect this and the perfect that. We all feel the pressure, not just to have the perfect Christmas Day, but actually also to enjoy it and to look like we're enjoying it. But if you're not enjoying it and you don't normally enjoy Christmas Day, then that's okay too. And, you know, you're allowed to feel that way because different people have different meanings around that. Perhaps sometimes people have lost people dear to them or they remember people that they've lost, for example. So it's okay. However you're feeling, it's okay. You don't need to act or pretend um, to be feeling a particular way today. So give mm. yourself a little bit of space and allowance around that. Um, I think the other thing to say is that Christmas Day is obviously going to be very different this year, um, whether or not you're with people or you're on your own or it will only be a certain number of people, for example. It's going to be very different. It's going to look very different. So try not to have the expectations that you would normally have of a typical Christmas day. It's going to be very different, but different doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be as enjoyable. We've all had a difficult year this year. We've had a challenging year. So work with what you've got, whatever situation you're in and however you feel, can you squeeze every little bit of joy out of that different circumstance? Because again, joy and actually having pleasure in something to look forward to, in something where we're connecting each other actually really does help our mental health as well. Mm, definitely. Absolutely. Because you're absolutely right. It is going to be quite different for everyone this year. Um, but I think for me personally, it'll be about sort of trying to remember to live in the moment and just be thankful for what I've got on that day. Um, but for me, Christmas, a lot of it can be about the build up. And then to be honest, I think sometimes you can get to the day and you'll go, oh, but yeah, I think just trying to kind of be grateful for the people around us. And yeah, I, I'd agree though, it can be, it could be quite hard, especially for people that have, have lost people and for people that are thinking about previous Christmases because I think that's something I might struggle with in terms of thinking about you know oh last year we were doing such and such um it's a difficult one isn't it it is and I think it's it's actually really important to um give ourselves permission to feel those things because they're totally normal things to feel you know it's it's not a normal year it's been a really really challenging year and it's been it's been a year full of sadness and and full of loss for, for lots of people in many, many different ways, whether or not that's someone they love or a job or financial pressures or relationship breakdown. You know, these are very real and they're, they're things that are still going on for people. So again, I think it's just allowing yourself to feel however you want to feel. There's nothing worse than if you're feeling sad or you're feeling anxious to have to pretend that you're not. So really give yourself that permission, really 
make sure you're surrounding yourself, um, whether or not that's with the people you're with or remotely, surround yourself with people who understand, who you can trust, who you can really tell how you're feeling. And again, for people who are listening, if, if you know someone who you think might be having a difficult Christmas day, then please make sure you get in touch with them, connect with them. These are the small things that really matter and they can really, really help someone on a very, very difficult day. Thanks very much, Dr. Rada. Where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm often heard also on BBC Radio 1 Life Hacks, which is on a Sunday afternoon as well. If you've been affected by any of the things we've been chatting about today, give the Samaritans a ring. You can call them on 116123 or you can find them online at samaritans.org. If you've liked today's episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on Facebook. We have a group called Mentally Yours and on Twitter we're Mentally Yours spelled Y-R-S. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.